project resume can make your medical coding dreams come true. From resumes to interview skills to navigating a successful career, Project Resume has the advice you need from coders you can trust. See all that we have to offer at projectresume.net. Please make sure to reference Medical Coding Geek when you place your order. Looking for a convenient, cost-effective solution for interventional radiology coding training? Check out Cracking the IR Code, Mastering Interventional Radiology and Cardiology Coding Online Education. Created by interventional radiology coding expert Stacy Buck of RadRx. This comprehensive online training offers access to content for one year, Q&A support available during your one-year enrollment period, hundreds of coding scenarios, and actual operative reports. What are you waiting for? It's time to earn that specialty credential. Go to RadRx for additional testimonials and information, and use our promo code GEEK10 for special pricing. Again, go to RadRx and use our promo code GEEK10 for special pricing. The Haugen Consulting Group offers healthcare consulting, education, and auditing services utilizing a team of industry experts specializing in leadership, project management, and assessments for HIM and patient access. Their auditors and educators are experts in facility and professional fee coding and offer education for ICD-10-CM, PCS, CPT, HIM, patient access, and revenue cycle. The Haugen Consulting Group is thrilled to be a partner with with medicalcodinggeek.com and the Not Also Classified podcast. Go to thehaugengroup.com slash shop and use promo code GEEK15 at checkout to receive a discount on webinars and desk aids. Again, go to thehaugengroup, H-A-U-G-E-N group.com slash shop and use our promo code GEEK, G-E-E-K-1-5 at checkout. You are listening. You are listening. You're listening to Do Not to Not Elsewhere. Not Elsewhere. Elsewhere. Elsewhere Classified. Welcome to Not Elsewhere Classified, a podcast about the medical coding, health information technology, and clinical documentation improvement community. I'm your host, Brian Kui. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Not Also Classified podcast. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, welcome. Over 70% of our listeners have an iPhone and listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. So please make sure to pick up your device and leave us a rating and a review. Please check out Medical Coding Geek and Not Also Classified on Facebook and Instagram. Also check out our Facebook groups, including Medical Coding Geeks, the CDI Network, the RHIT and RHIA exam support group. We also have a community group page for the Not Elsewhere Classified podcast. And recently I opened up a marketplace group for CDI, medical coding, and HIM resources. And of course you could find me on LinkedIn, Brian Kui, last name is spelled C-U-I. Today on the podcast we have brothers. We have Dr. John Zellum from Streamline Solutions Consulting and Jim Zellum from You're Just a Number, a blog on leadership, teamwork, and valueship. I'll mention this on the podcast, but my original intent was to interview Dr. John Zellum, but he also invited his brother to be part of the podcast. Now, Jim Zellum's background is not healthcare related, so I decided to bring them both and have a conversation on leadership and see if we could intertwine some healthcare concepts. 
So in this podcast, we talk about processes, breaking them down, dealing with upper management and trying to enact change, managing personalities. And then our conversation works into how to deal with failure. And that's just part one of our two-part series of this interview. So without further ado, here is my interview with the Zellum brothers, Dr. John Zellum and Jim Zellum. All right, so enough chit-chat. Let's go ahead and get started. Welcome to the Not Elsewhere Classified podcast. Today's podcast episode is going to be interesting because normally I have one person and we do it one-on-one. Today on the podcast, I have brothers, <laughs> brothers on my podcast. So I do want to welcome uh, John Zellum and Jim Zellum. Gentlemen, how are you guys? Very good, thank you. Thanks, Brian. I have no script on this. So you know, two, whenever I ask the questions, it's going to be... Uh, I, I just want to see how this goes, right? And well, first of all, let me kind of tell how we got connected. First of all, I, I'm more connected to uh, John, John, Dr. John Zellum, uh, because we have a uh, a common colleague by the name of Glenn Krauss, uh, who is the co-founder of uh, what's the company? <laughs> Top Gun Audit, Top Gun Audit School and Core CDI. And uh, over the summer, he connected me with you to work on a project uh, for clinical documentation, improvement, clinical documentation, integrity. I had the great opportunity indirectly to listen to what you had to say about CDI. Uh, And I know you were on um, uh, Tony Elholm's uh, podcast (laughs) uh, about CDI. So was I. Just to let you guys know, please check out Tony Elholm's podcast, the Alpha Coding Podcast. Dr. John Zellum was on that podcast. Because we're connected with Glenn Krauss, uh, and I know you asked to be on the podcast, so I wanted you on the podcast, but I know you referred your brother, uh, Jim, to be on the podcast uh, because he has a book that is out on leadership, so we'll have him talk about that. But when 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 the idea was proposed to me, I, I was kind of hesitant, just to tell you the truth. I was hesitant in the beginning because, not because I didn't want you on, uh, it was because I didn't know how to, I didn't know how it would fit within the format that we do here for the Not Also Classified podcast. And I know you kept, you sent me a couple emails, and I'm like, you know what, you know, you know, I was I was out running, and you know, kind of in deep thought, chasing rainbows, <laughs> right? <laughs> and and um, I'm like, you know, I think this could work. I think if I can get both the brothers on, and somehow intertwine our conversations on leadership and in healthcare, I think this would be a great conversation. So let's go ahead and get with the first question. I don't know who wants to start, but the first question is. Yeah is going to be i'll let the older brother go first <laughs> well the question is going to be and you guys you two can can figure this out uh first of all where did you come from and how did you get to where you're at today basically um i to be short and sweet i i actually when when i was a teenager out of high school i joined the navy when i got out of the navy I, uh, I actually became a common laborer on a floor, on a manufacturing floor, and I said, hey, I can't do this for the rest of my life, okay? So I went back, and I got my bachelor's in engineering, okay? And I climbed the ranks all the way through management, okay? I became an industrial engineer, so I know how to time study. I became a manufacturing engineer, okay? I became a 
Then I, I became the, a supervisor, a manufacturing engineer. Then I went more into the manufacturing side of it, and I went to you know plant superintendent, director of manufacturing, all the way up to VP of operations for a couple different companies. Okay, ending up more in the publishing industry. Okay, and um, so basically, I so where I. I actually wanted to, you know, lead people, grow teams and everything like that. And when I first started, I actually thought, well, you know, I'm not doing too bad, okay? But now as I look back over my life, okay, I'm saying to myself, well, you kind of morphed into a leader. You weren't, I wasn't really a leader. I think becoming a leader is a process that never ends, okay? So that's where I am today. I'm actually retired, okay? I do a lot of volunteer work. Okay, I volunteer for Red Cross and a couple other places. And basically, I just wanted to give back to the community, okay? And I, I, I felt that experience is is the best teacher the ever is, okay? So I wanted to take my experience and help somebody. And, you know, again, I work more for smaller companies. So I'm, you know, I'm more not into, you know, your big companies. I'm more into your small, medium companies that, you know, it's leadership, but it's a different type of leadership because all that money isn't involved there to get there. Okay. So that's basically how I got to where I am. My question coming in from, from your background is from Navy to, to engineering, from engineering Mm -hmm. to publishing, what, what made the, the change from, from from engineering to publishing because I from from what I understand in publishing uh, I know it's just about publishing books but somehow you, you're talking about editing creating so somehow in that po- in that process from engineering to publishing right. there had to be a creative uh, component uh, that was kind of developed so initially did you ever had that creative uh, side you know when you were in the Navy when you're doing the engineering uh, was there always a creative, I guess, mindset or a creative side that has always been brewing throughout your career? Oh, I have a very creative. I, I, I am always trying to develop or invent something, okay? And I, I've done this my whole career. I belong to a couple, actually, entrepreneur clubs right now. And basically, I became more of a, a process engineer because I can actually, I can really figure out processes very good. And basically, it's a very interesting question because when you say when I went into publishing, I went into the manufacturing side of publishing where I did more microfilm and digital, okay? Oh, wow. So I, you know, um, actually when they offered me that job, I I didn't really want to, I said, well, why do I even want to interview for this job? Because I'm an engineer, I had nothing to do with it. But what really got me in there was because I have a high... Uh, Snap-on tools spent a lot of money teaching me quality, okay? So I had a lot of quality knowing things, okay? And that's what got me in there, okay? And then I started changing the processes. And, I mean, it was a very great career. I mean, I even got to go to archives in, you know, Ukraine and Russia. So that's how I got into uh, the publishing side of it because I was responsible for whatever the editor's um, contracts they signed, it was my responsibility to get it back to some form of media being digital or microfilm so the viewers can see it. You keep on talking about processes, right? So would you say you develop leadership through identifying processes, right? That's the first thing. And then identifying the problems within the processes and then trying to improve it. Is that, is that, where you're, is that how you develop the, your understanding of leadership? You know, now that you say it that way, that's exactly the way I developed it. Because what I did was 
I always went into processes and I always studied processes and this is how I got into leadership because the biggest thing is okay is asking questions okay and active listening okay so I would go in there and you know I would ask well why do you do this why do you do this why do you do this and I would study it and the only answer I never liked, and they knew that, I said, the other answer, the only thing you can't give me is the answer is because we always did it that way, mm-hmm. okay? Well, you could have been always doing it wrong, okay? So I really started looking at processes, improving processes, getting the, getting the team to buy in because, you know, I always looked at it as being the, well, whatever you want to call me, what position I was, I always lived with the, the effects of the problem, okay? I never lived with the problem the staff lived with the problem, mm-hmm. okay? So I always tried to make their life easier, okay? And in essence, that improved the processes. And, you know, when they saw a positive change, that started getting them to follow us, okay? And mm-hmm. it's like John told me one time, you're not a leader unless you have a follower, okay? Mm-hmm. So that's what's happened. Nice. I, and you make a good point is is the fact that in terms of processes, you're trying to get it from one I guess, level to the next level. So I had a guest uh, previous to you guys, uh, Jordan Johnson, and uh, we talked about briefly how, you know, his rise from being a radiology technologist, going into radiation oncology, and then getting his master's in health services administration, and then being a, I guess, manager of many departments, including nursing, radiology, and so forth. And, you know, he briefly mentioned that in his time in management, he did the same thing like you did. He identified processes. He identified what the problems were. And it was to a point that he fixed all the problems. But uh, to take it, once you fix the problems, you want to take, you're at a certain point that you want to go to the next level. And unfortunately, and you know, if you go back to the previous episode, for those that are listening, uh, I also talk about my my instance when I used to be a director, a HIM director for a jail system. I fixed the problem, and then at that point, I was ready to move forward. However, the institution that was over me, that was over uh, Jordan didn't want to move forward. So that's my question to you, since it's perfect. It was a perfect segue that you're here. What happens when you fix all the processes, right? You have your team on board, right? And at some point, it's it's more of a level type of situation where uh, you want to move forward, but the people on top don't want to move forward. The leadership does not want to move forward. How do you affect change in leadership? That's very, very difficult, okay? <laughs> You, 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 um, how, how you affect it is basically you have to figure out how to manage them. Mm -hmm. You manage and you start going, you know, you manage sideways, you manage down and you manage up. Okay. And a lot of times it's very, very, very difficult to manage up. Okay. And, you know, the funny thing is when you even say that, you know, they talk about risk takers. You're only a risk taker if whatever risk you work, whatever risk you took worked. Because once it didn't work, well, that was a stupid idiot. That was a stupid move, Jim. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I had a tough time managing managing them, but with a few success stories, okay, behind me, they started opening up, okay, to that and giving me they they changed exactly. it a little bit, you know, with how they did it, okay, especially you know if you show results, 
Okay, but that doesn't always work either. Okay, it, it, because it doesn't. I, I there was one job I got to tell you that um, they I was interviewed for 17 hours. They actually put me in front of a psychiatrist looking at ink dots. Okay, and it was all about teamwork. Okay, and when I did something for teamwork, but I, I stepped on an engineer. And I said, well, the team actually came to me and wanted to do something, and I let them do it. Okay, and it, it, you know, and I asked an engineer. That who, who redesigned the process, I said, let them go. They live with it. They'll fine-tune it for you. They'll make you look like a hero, okay? He got mad, and he went to our boss, okay? And my boss goes back to me. He's the one that interviewed me for teamwork, okay? And he's the one that actually came back to me and said, well, you can't do it that way. You, you have to listen to the engineer. I said, well, that's not what you hired me for, and that's what I'm not doing, okay? Mm -hmm. So I, 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 at times, you can ask my brother, I stand my ground maybe too strong. But I did do that to, to to a few people, and like I said, it's difficult to manage up. Uh, I, I, I'm not, you know. I think if you have a, I don't believe you can manage up if your boss is a micromanager. Okay, you have to realize your ceiling. Okay, and you know it's, that's people, as they always say, you know, as they always say, you know, you can say whatever you want, watch the actions. Okay, and you just need to watch the actions of your leaders because. I've seen people micromanage them. There's no way they're going to let you do. They're going to lead the group. Okay. So, to answer your question, it depends on the personality of the people. Sometimes you can. Sometimes you just can't. Mm -hmm. You just can't do it. Right. That I that I'm aware of in all my years of experience. Right. Let's take a moment for a quick break. I listened to a lot of podcasts, and one product that I was curious to try out was Magic Spoon Cereal. Magic Spoon is the high-protein, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, wheat-free, naturally-flavored, totally delicious, childlike cereal for grown-ups. Now you're probably thinking that it tastes like cardboard. I did my research on similar cereals and decided to give this brand a try. I subscribed to the variety pack that includes frosted, fruity, blueberry, and chocolate. And really, to my surprise, they really tasted great considering that it was supposed to be a healthy cereal. So far, my favorite is the fruity flavor. They also have nutty and cinnamon flavors too. I've already tried the variety pack for a couple months now and swapped out my subscription to try out their cinnamon flavor. Magic Spoon has zero sugar, 3 grams net carbs, and 11 grams of protein per serving. They have a 100% happiness guarantee. If you are not completely in love with their cereal, they'll give you a full refund. So go to magicspoon.com and use our coupon code GEEK at checkout. Again, go to magicspoon.com and use our coupon code GEEK, G-E-E-K, at checkout. And now back to our show. Hey Jim, I want to add, I want to add to that because one of your one of the chapters in your book, and you just alluded to it, is understanding and managing personalities. If you don't understand the personalities of the people that you're dealing with, if you don't understand your own personality, then there's there's a lot of clashing that can take place. And there are a number of books out there on uh, personalities. Uh, I can't think of one right now, but I'm sure you can, Jim. But you need to, there are basically four types of personalities out there. And you need to know which one you are because 
you will butt heads with the personality that is exactly your opposite. So if you don't understand yourself, then you won't you won't understand how to how to interact with them. Yeah, John, John hit, hit, hit the nail on the head with that. Yeah, I agree. You know, the one thing that 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 is not taught in leadership is, or one thing that. I got I got into school right bachelor's of health information management I got my credential right uh, and 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 continuing on from the previous episode I graduated I wanted to move up I decided to take a director position my first ever <laughs> management position and and when I got into that role and it's a good thing you mentioned this uh, John is that when I got into the role the one thing that was smacked in my face is dealing with personalities you're dealing with the personalities of your staff you're dealing with the personalities of your co-managers or your parallel managers and directors and of course you're dealing with the personalities uh above you and i think that the 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 true skill as even as a manager and trying to develop leadership is to trying to intermingle and and you mentioned this earlier uh, jim you know trying to get people on your side and showing, you know, the reputation that you have in your work, uh, showing results. And that's how you truly get people on board. Now, um, I don't want to leave John out. <laughs> so, we, And I'm glad you, you jumped in. So let's go into, let's just jump over to John. Uh, John, let me ask you this question. How I know you have an extensive background. I'm, I'm definitely interested to hear because I've heard, you know, some of the work that you've done. Uh, but of course, where did you come from and how did you get to where you're at today? Well, let me add one thing though to what you're talking about. Okay, so I was I was at a, uh, a a hospital in northern Michigan, and it was a, a staff meeting, including the, uh, a medical staff, and it was given by the CEO, and she she kind of took the aspect of motivational speaking to this uh, talk that she gave, but she said one thing that made a lot of sense to me, and that is culture. Culture is so important no matter what we do because there are different cultures all over the place and she said cultures are not taught they are learned and it takes six months to learn a new culture so if, if you're coming from one job into another you're leaving one culture and potentially going into another culture and it's not going to happen overnight and I think leadership is the same thing leadership is not taught leadership is learned and 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 to even go further, you know, Jim talked a lot about processes, and you mentioned processes. Uh, I've done some motivational speaking, and I always defined a process as a series of events that leads to a desired goal. And in essence, you know, that's it in a nutshell. And the, so the, there is a process to becoming a leader. There's also failure because, you know, you need to fail in order to succeed. So that's kind of that kind of puts some of that into perspective, and I'll, I'll quickly go through what what I think my life is because uh, another chapter in Jim's book is our past definitely influences us, and I could tell you that if I look at my past starting, I wanted to be a doctor when I was four years old and a surgeon when I was ten, and everything that I did in my life led to that goal. But after that, I look back at where I am today, and everything that I did over the last several years between being a clinician, then moving to a corporate environment, and uh, then becoming a, a physician advisor, and, and what I learned in that role, 
uh, period of time where I learned motivational speaking. I, I learned how to become an author and publish self-publish three books. I look at all of that stuff. Even though I can go back farther, when I when I was practicing, I also got recruited by a company to help teach their sales department, to help them do product development, and to do mentoring, to do uh, for for new procedures, and to teach that. I got sent around the world to do that. But as I look back, all of that comes into play as the process and 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 how my past influences where I am today because just about everything that I did has led me to be where I am today and to do what I do today uh, that's probably just a, a very simple explanation of, of where I come from and, and what I do um, and as as you know uh, my field is in is in the medical field and regulatory world etc physician advisor etc so that's it in a nutshell. Well, before before uh, I know you summarized it, but what were what was your specialty in med in as a as a physician? General surgery. General surgery. So. <laughs> yeah, and and you know whether you edit this out or not, I don't know. But you mentioned that you had your kids on on one of your programs because how do you explain to them what does daddy do? Well, as a general surgeon, I dealt with hemorrhoids. <laughs> how did I tell my kids that that's what I did for a living? You know, the, the the funny thing is, um, well, I don't know if it's funny, but uh, when you're in that type of role, I knew a gastroenterologist and uh, he was great because it's not because of the work he does. He was a great, you know, had a great bedside manner, et cetera, but, you know, he had to do EGDs. <laughs> it was, it's not, it's not a, it's not a flashy job. But what's even worse, the colonoscopies. Yeah, the colonoscopies too. Um, you know, especially with all that prep. You know, the one thing that that made him stand out was he was so funny. You know, he he could have walked away from being a gastroenterologist and being a comedian because you know, in that type of lot, you know, in that line of work, you know, even just regular, just being a physician in itself, uh, you have to learn how to. Uh, carry yourself, how to handle yourself, how to handle situations, etc. Can I, yeah, can I just bring in one thing? Yeah, go ahead. If you don't yeah, mind. Go ahead. Because John talked about an excellent point about how your past, you know, affects your present and everything like that. And he brought up a very good positive side, okay, because everything he did in life was to become that doctor and everything he did, he went back to it. But I also want to tell you there's a negative side to that too, okay, when your past plays a role in your present, also, if you start getting doubted as a child, and when you're in a leadership role, and people are starting to doubt you, that has an effect on you, and you have to overcome that. And you know what, Jim, let me, let me, let me expand on that concept, and the reason being is that uh, you know, you mentioned how, how that past affected you, and you know, the past affected me, but one story, and I tell this to people all the time, my, my first report card in first grade was five A's, two B's, and one C. And to this day, I still remember the, you know, those numbers for those letters. And the one thing our mother said to me, you could do better. And I will tell you that that comment has stuck with me way into my adult life because I find myself many times looking for the approval of others 
when I do something. And so it is so true that your past definitely influences. And you and and when it happens, you you don't know that that's going to be uh, something that influences you. But as long as you're aware aware of it, you can deal with it. We might as well jump in some of the things that you were guys were you guys were mentioning. Number one, uh, failures, right? Uh, and I'm sure in in all of ours and all of us, we've dealt with the the failures. But I think. You know the the general consensus is how do you uh, deal with it? Uh, you know you have to somehow get yourself out of there in order to progress forward. So uh, this question probably is to either one of you. Um, you know how what what, what you don't have to go into you know into it to great detail, but could you describe a failure? It sounds like an interview question. <laughs> you know, could you describe a failure? You know, in your in your time. Uh, in your career, uh, and how you were able to to get out of it, or you know, I guess another question would be: you know, you describe a failure, but how did you handle it? I think that's the better that's the better question. How did you handle that, and how did it mold you? Well, I, I, I will say this about um, failures. Okay, I think I think uh, the failures, which I, there are failures, probably on I can deal better with my failures on my business side because I know it. Okay, then my personal side. Okay, it's it, it's it's just me, my 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 makeup. Okay, but in in my business side, I mean, there was a couple times that I mean, I felt like you know, well, you you did not I did everything I possibly could, had everybody there working at as a team, and we did not get what we were supposed to get out for revenue. Okay, and it, I mean, it really it really really ate at me. Okay, and it's like you know what I'm failing. I can't do this, but what it did was in, in my business life it made me just dig deeper. Okay, because I did not want to fail, and then I figured out different ways and to make sure that something would like that would never happen again. I mean, to 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 come back. There was a lot of times, and again, I'm going back to describe something that there was certain things that were subscription based and everything. So we used to get those and jet them out all during the month but the big customer orders sometimes you know they wanted that revenue we couldn't get it out so what i actually did was saying okay all subscriptions now have to be done like in the first two weeks of the month so we can we have the time to make the other stuff but when i couldn't get the revenue out and you know you're crawled underneath the carpet and you know you did everything uh, you know i i took it extremely hard it was a failure to me okay and i had a really really work my way through it and say okay i got to figure my way out of this but that's more in my bit you know that's what I can say to you as far as failures. Um, but I, I will say this though, okay, because I start doubting myself, but I'm gonna say that in my career, I learned more from my failures than I ever did from any success story. I just do, I can tell you more failures than I can tell you successes. Failure is an event, it's not a process. So there you have it. It is part one of my interview with the Zellum brothers. 
For more information on John Zellum, you can go to LinkedIn. You could check John out on Tony Elholm's podcast, The Alpha Coding Podcast, on the episode of Medical Necessity and Documentation Improvement. And of course, you could also check out Glenn Krause's podcast, Wiser Wednesday Experience Speaks. And you can go to his website, StreamlineSolutionsConsulting.com. Now, you could find Jim Zellum on LinkedIn. Check out his website, YouAreJustTheNumber.com. That's you are justanumber.com and check out his book Stepping Stones of Leadership which you can find on his website and also on amazon.com medicalcodinggeek.com the, the whole thing is just audio recording right no it's, no video it's up to you uh right now it's going to be the audio i don't have any video yet i'm still yeah, yeah, and that's fine that's fine i just you know yeah i'm trying to nice shirt on for nothing <laughs> <laughs>